Well, if you have your Bibles, you're going to find yourself in chapter 4 of Leviticus, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 4, but uh, this body here goes all through uh, verse number 12. We're not going to go through all 12 verses because of time's sake, but uh, the first four, probably going to touch a little bit on verse number 5. As we've gone through uh, our, our study of Leviticus, we have seen the burnt offering, and uh, we've seen the... Uh, uh, the grain offering, and we've seen the fellowship offering. Tonight, we're going to be looking at the sin offering. The sin offering. Now, when you look at the sin offering, we also are going to see in this uh, sacrifice offering uh, that uh, there has to be forgiveness. There, there's forgiveness involved. And then we're also going to see there's confession involved. And the last thing that we're going to see are some principles involved as well. So uh, as we uh, venture into uh, looking at verse number one, going through verse number uh, four, the, uh, the preface this to get the stage set, we'll see that uh, sin, when we're talking about sin, there's two things that we have to keep in mind. First of all, we need to see what the definition of sin is. Now, there's uh, different uh, definitions, but uh, I think the one that I'm fixing to give you uh, will, will cover everything that we're trying to say. When we're thinking about sin, sin is uh, the state of being in unperfection. The state of being in unperfection, which means that we're not perfect, right? It means that we, uh, we struggle with sin. Even when, we, when we're saved, we still have to deal with that, do we not? And so uh, Romans chapter 3 verse 20, uh, 23 says it like this. It says that uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the second thing that we see when you talk about sin is that you look at disobedience. Now, two things under that. First of all, there's the sins of omission. That's just when you are just not doing what you ought to be doing, doing the right thing. And then there's the sins of commission. And the, uh, the sins of commission is that you're doing what you shouldn't be doing. Okay? Now, uh, two illustrations here. First of all, the sin of omission would be I understand that God's Word tells me that I, uh, and talks about my giving, how am I supposed to be giving? But I just don't do that. Oh, well, that's the sin of omission. But the sin of commission would be that you uh, have sinned uh, the sin of adultery, okay? So we, we see the omission and see commission, but what we're, uh, I need to understand is uh, all have sinned. There's not a one of us in here that has not have and still continues to have a problem with sin. We're all sinners. And so setting that stage, uh, we are going into verse number one. And uh, verse number one, uh, this is what the Bible says. And it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses. Now the first thing that we're going to see, notice the Lord is not going through a mediator here. The Lord is directly speaking to Moses. And when the Lord is speaking directly to Moses, He's telling Moses, this is what you need to be doing. This is what you need to tell the priest on how to bring a sin offering. He says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a soul 
shall sin through ignorance against any of the commandments of the Lord, uh, continue, uh, continue things which ought not to be done, and shall do against any of them. So in verses 1 and 2, we're going to see the first thing, when we're talking about the sin offering, we're going to see there was forgiveness involved in this. See, when they brought this offering, uh, they were asking for forgiveness. When they brought this sin offering, uh, they were doing it voluntarily. They recognized in their life that they had sinned. And because of that, they're bringing an offering. They're bringing a sacrifice. But then he goes on and says, not only did they bring a sacrifice, uh, but it's a sacrifice... Uh, that when they brought that, just like the other sacrifices that we've talked about, is that they, they it was very detailed oriented. They were they knew exactly what they were supposed to do. We also see that the priest was involved in this. So uh, first thing, the burnt offering. The burnt offering, if you remember, was the the offering that atoned for their sin. Okay. The second offering was the grain offering or the, or the meal offering. That was an offering of thanksgiving and also an offering of dedication. And they would put that on top of the burnt offering. See what they were saying and what a wonderful picture it is of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's the sacrifice that atoned for our sin. And because of that, we ought to be bringing an offering uh, to thank Him, but not only thank him, but also let him know we're dedicating ourselves to serve him. See, one of the ways that we can understand when somebody is thankful is what they do towards us. Here again, I use the analogy of being married. Uh, and if, when I'm wanting to show my gratitude to my wife, uh, I, I, I want to serve her. I want to do something for her. Now, men, if you've uh, got any sense about you, that's is a good place for you to say, Amen. Okay, some of you don't have any sense. Your wife's will, will they'll, you got to go home with them tonight. Just remember that, okay? And so when, 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 when I'm showing my gratitude, not only for my wife, but because I have an intimate relationship with my wife, I want to do something that's going to show my gratitude. And we see that in the sacrifice. Oh, I don't know about you, but shouldn't it be, and I know Brother Chris is, uh, and I, I get nominating committee on our minds, but uh, we, we're having some problems filling some holes up. And I'm telling you, and I'm not fussing at you, I'm I'm telling you that should not be. It should not be. We shouldn't have to go and put you on a guilt trip. We shouldn't have to go and pump you up to serve just the sake of you having your soul saved by the Lord Jesus Christ ought to prompt you to say, I'm going to do something for my Jesus because my Jesus has done a whole lot for me. Now, I'm, not, I'm getting a little more stirred up than y'all are. I know it's a Wednesday night, but is that not, does that not make sense to us? I want to show how much I love Jesus, and the best way I can do it is by doing something for Him, for serving Him. It doesn't matter in the capacity. That has absolutely nothing to do with it. Just the sake that I want to do something to show my gratitude because I recognize the, uh, the fact that if I did not have Jesus Christ, 
Christ and I didn't accept the sacrifice that he offered to me, tonight I would probably be either in an early grave or incarcerated somewhere. God's been good to us. God, if nothing, if he doesn't do anything else, just the sake that he saved our souls ought to pray, ought to pump us up, ought to excite us to say, I just want to do something for Jesus. So then, now the grain offer now, what's it now? Then one notice the sequence. Atone for the sin. That's the burnt offering. Uh, showing our gratitude and showing that we're, uh, we're dedicated to serve Him. That's the grain offering. And then, because we are serving Him and because we are grateful for Him, we have fellowship with Him. And when I have fellowship with Him, that gives me peace. Peace with God and peace of God. So now we come to the sin offering. The sin offering was an offering given to those who knew they sinned and were wanting to make things right with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, as we uh, go ahead and and as we uh, look, uh, I want you to look and see that there's forgiveness. In order for us... To be uh, for the sin offering, there has to be forgiveness giving. Forgiveness. Now we we we. That's a whole different message right there. You could spend all night preaching on forgiveness. Aren't you glad tonight? The Lord Jesus forgave you. Aren't you glad tonight that when you were guilty, guilty as charged? But because of the mercy and grace and the love of our Lord Jesus Christ, He he provided a sacrifice for us so that we could have forgiveness of our sin. Now, forgiveness of sin, some say, well, that's that's I can I can understand that. But what about forgiveness towards others? We usually have a little problem with that, don't we? Especially if they've said something cruel towards us or they said something uh, that, uh, that hurt my feelings or oh, we could go on and on and on. But uh, here's how to say, well, how do you get over that? I get over the fact because when I understand that the Lord Jesus had every right not to go to the cross on my behalf, the Lord Jesus did not have to come and be my sacrifice but He freely came to be my sacrifice. By the way, the Bible says, even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, He he didn't wait till we got our act together and then said, oh, I can forgive you. He forgave us before we had our act together. He forgave us when we were rejecting Him. And if nothing else, just the thought of that, should that not prompt us and encourage us that when I have someone that has spoke ill of me, I can still forgive them because Jesus forgave me. And so, there's forgiveness. Verses 1 and 2. Now, in verse number 2, there, there, we start to get in uh, some uh, theological uh, debate here, and we'll deal with that very quickly, though. But I want us to look in Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse number 20. We need to all understand that this text here is talking about all sin. Now, it will mention in verse number 2 about unintentional or sin out of ignorance. 
uh, and we're going to look at that. We're also going to look at uh, that he forgives all sin except for one, and we're going to deal with that. But uh, in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse number 20, it says, The soul that sinneth dies. Your sin, if you do not have forgiveness of it, you will die. The Bible is even a little more plain about it. It says that you deserve death and hell. If you never have forgiveness of your sin, then you will spend eternity in hell. You must be forgiven of your sin. That's the only way that you're going to have a relationship with Him. And that's the only way you can have a, a fellowship with Him. And that's the only way you're going to have peace in your life. And that's the only way you're going to be able to spend eternity in heaven. You must have forgiveness of your sin. Okay? Now, verse number 2. Notice here, it says unintentional or, or sin out of uh, ignorance. What does all that mean? Well, first of all, we're going to see a little bit later uh, on about uh, what numbers. I want you to go ahead and turn to Numbers chapter 15 because that's going to help kind of explain verse number 2 here. But in Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25, no need to turn to that, but this is Paul. Paul is saying, uh, and I'm going to make this one short, uh, Paul says, the things that I should be doing, I don't do. And the things... I've been doing, I shouldn't be doing. In other words, in Romans chapter 7, verse 14 through 25, Paul shows this struggle that he has. Now, Paul's a saved man. So don't ever buy into this. And, and there is some, there are some that teach this doctrine that once you're saved, you can never ever sin again. That, that's not in the Bible. Not in the Bible. We still have a problem with sin. But it's a different kind of problem. See, before you got saved, your problem with sin is that you had never asked for forgiveness. And because of that, you were doomed and destined for hell. But now that you've gotten saved, you can have forgiveness of your sin and you do sin. And also we see evidence of salvation is sin before you really didn't bother you. You went to bed, didn't bother you at all. But now as a believer, when you sin, it eats your lunch. It bothers you. It brings you under conviction. It burdens you. And that's one of the evidence to know. It's not the problem that you're not going to sin or you will sin. It's that when you do sin, you now have someone that you can go to, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, all right? And so uh, he uh, talks about uh, that all this, uh, we see the sacrifices here. Now, so all sin, all sin can be forgiven except for one. Now, I want you to turn to Numbers chapter 15. Starting in verse 27, but we're going to kind of camp out in verse number 30 and 31. Here uh, in Numbers, it talks about unintentional sin. talks about sin of ignorance. But it also, in verses 30 uh, through 31, it talks about uh, in, in intentional sin. Or where we get the word of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit or rejecting the Holy Spirit. God can forgive all sin except that one. What does that mean? It means that you have heard the gospel, 
the Holy Spirit has uh, uh, brought you under conviction, has been speaking to you, but you have rejected that, that's the only sin that He cannot forgive. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? That means you're shaking your fist and you're saying, I don't care what you say, I am not going to bow my knee to you. Blatant, intentional sin. He will not forgive. Why? Because you have rejected the Holy Spirit of God speaking to you. I'm telling you, that is a bad spot to be in. Matter of fact, if you go to Romans... Romans talks about where there's a line that's drawn. And the line is drawn is that it talks about a reprobate mind. You remember the verse? What is that? It means that someone would continue to reject the Holy Spirit. And after a while, he's crossed over the line to where the Holy Spirit no longer deals with him. And if that person has crossed over that line where the Holy Spirit no longer is speaking to him, he cannot have forgiveness. And because he has no forgiveness, he's doomed and destined for hell. Is that not a horrible, horrible place to be? Shaking our fist at God and saying, I will not trust you. I don't even believe in you. And are we not seeing that more in our society? Who would have thought 30 years ago that we'd have marches in the street or what the Bible says, an abomination, homosexuality, lesbians, and transgender, gender, all where everybody's confused. And what are they doing? They're shaking their fist at God. What about those that are marching and saying a woman has a right, a woman has a right, a woman has a right to kill her baby. That's shaking their fist at God. And God says, you continue to live like that. He says, you're going to cross over the line. And when you cross over the line, there is absolutely no hope for you. We're there. And I'm telling you, we as a nation, I believe, unless things start to change, I believe we as a nation is fixing to cross over that line. We're fixing to cross over that line. Why do you say that? Look, and I know this, you're going to say, well, politics, politics, but politics has a lot to do with it. Look at some of the laws that are being passed. Look at some things that just 20 years ago we would have thought we would never, ever have to deal with that. Now it's mainstream. We have in our high school, we have all kinds of clubs. We even now have a lesbian homosexual club. Do you believe that God is happy with that? Of course not. And we're seeing it more and more and more, are we not? And so here, he says, there's a, there's a sin that he cannot forgive. And that's the sin of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. But then notice here, 
Uh, and, and I, I looked at this, and, uh, and it says here, unintentional or, uh, or um, uh, out of ignorance. Now, here again, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and make a statement. The, the, the NIV, and uh, if you have an NIV translation, you might need to consider. But uh, oh, you're, I'm just telling you, there, I, I've... I've gone through the NIV and there's some things that uh, they translated that change everything. Okay, you got to be careful with your translation that you're using. Okay, just be careful. In the NIV, this verse, Leviticus 4.2, gives the impression, okay, the way it's worded, gives the impression that there is no sacrifice for intentional sin. That's the impression it gives. But here again, God can forgive all sin except for that one, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, what is the big deal about that? Well, it's a big deal because also, since I'm going to go ahead and camp out on the NIV, the NIV also, when you look up where it should say the virgin, it uses the word young maiden. Vast difference. Because if you take the virgin birth out, you don't have anything. Nothing. Nothing. And they use the word young maiden. Well, I don't think that's a big deal. These little deals start adding up to a big deal. So here again, I'm just saying, please be careful of the translations that you use. It makes a world of difference, all right? And so here, what does he mean? He means all sins, all sins uh, can be forgiven except for that one. Now, in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number 9, it says, Who can say, who can say that I have, uh, my heart is clean and I have uh, 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 the sins, my sins are, are, are pure, have been purified? Who can say that? Well, the only person who can say that is one who has been forgiven. And the only way you can be forgiven is you must have confession. You must confess your sins and you have to repent of your sins and you have to be sorry for your sins. Now, watch this. The word sorry can be a misleading word. Be careful with the word. What do I mean? Okay, you ever had this? Your child... Your child has done something they shouldn't have done. And you caught them in the act. And you say, little Johnny, come here. So they come over and says, why did you do that? Do what? You know what you did? You hit your brother. Why did you hit your brother? I didn't hit my brother. I saw you hit your brother. You hurt you. you I, I saw you. Your mother saw you. And so now he's thinking, okay, I'm caught. And so he and said, what do you have to say for yourself? I'm sorry. Well, the only reason why he's sorry is because he got caught. That's how many of us view sin sometimes, does it not? That's not true confession. True confession is that you're sorry before you got caught. And you confessed it. You got convicted of that. And nobody else knew about it, but God knew about it. And you came running to God and said, God, I know I'm sinned. I know I'm a sinner. I know and I'm sorry for my sin. That's far different being sorry when you've gotten caught. 
And so true confession is when you cry out before you were found out, you came under deep conviction and you confessed your sins and you told Jesus you were sorry for your sin. And when you ask Him, Lord, would you please forgive me? Forgiveness. The Bible says He's always faithful and just to forgive you each and every time. But He only forgives you when you're truly remorse and truly confessing your sin and truly sorry for your sin. And I've touched on this. I really believe in many of our churches when we give altar calls uh, that we are just dealing with it in a superficial way. We really don't want to do business with God. We really don't want to come clean because when we have to get clean and honest with God, it's painful, it's hurtful. And we have to tell ourselves, I'm not as good as I thought I was. I'm low down, I'm dirty, I'm nasty, and I'm weak. And I've come to realize I cannot do this on my own. And I've come to realize my heart is dirty and God, I want to do business with you. That's when true confession takes place. And too many times we've been playing around with this and just say, well, praise God, he said that little prayer and all they did was touch the surface. They really didn't get down to the root of the problem. True confession brings true forgiveness. And so we see here in Proverbs 28, 13, or we made mention of this. And Proverbs 29 talks about a, 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 that uh, who are cover our sins. Whoever can cover their sins will not prosper, but one who confesses will have mercy. We are covering our sins. How do we know that? Look at the impact that we're making on society. You said, well, I don't think we really make that much of an impact. Case in point. We're covering our sins. Well, I, I would just, man, this is going to be really tough. I might, if, if I really confess this, I may lose my job over this. So I'll just go ahead and I won't give them the whole story. Or if I really want to do business with God and, and, and I don't want to cover my sin, if I tell my wife what I've been up to, she's either going to shoot me or she's going to divorce me. Okay, so I'm just going to cover it up. Am I making any sense tonight? Do you, do you see the seriousness of this? We are going to have, and I made mention, and, and I've been burdened about this. We're going to have to understand we've just been playing the game. Going through the motions. Status quo. Oh, we've seen some people saved here and there. And, oh, we've seen people join the church and we praise God for that. And, and, and He gives all the glory and the Christ. But what would happen if we really got serious about our confession of our sins? Are we really that hungry? For God to do something that we've never seen before. That we cannot explain about our programs. We cannot explain about uh, uh, our attributes. We can't explain it by our education. We can't, uh, we can't blame it. The only way we can say what God uh, that God did this. Do we really want to see God manifest Himself? If we do, we've got to quit covering our sin 
And we need to get down to the root of the problem. We got dirty hearts. And we've been hidden that sin way back here. And we're not wanting to get honest with God because it may cost me something. So well, I didn't come on a Wednesday night to really get blasted like this. I'm not blasting anybody. I'm talking to Mike too. It's just I'm sick and tired of playing games in church. And we just because our budget is doing well, our crowds are staying up, we think, okay, okay, we're doing okay. Let's go ahead, put it in cruise control. What is wrong with us? And then we'll start comparing ourselves with other congregations. Well, compared to the church down the road there, we ain't doing that bad, brother. I don't know why you're all up in the uproar about it. I don't know why you're preaching so hard about, you know, confession and sin like it. I mean, we're doing okay. You know, we're, we're, we're getting along there. Aren't you just sick and tired of being average? Aren't you sick and tired of this going through the motions? I am. I am. But if we're going to get serious, it's going to cost us something. Maybe that's where the problem is. We just don't want to be inconvenienced and we don't want to pay the cost. My dear friend, I would say you'd shout hallelujah, praise the Lord when you consider the cost of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and what it cost Him so that we could go free. I kind of think it might be worth paying the cost just to see Him glorified and manifest Himself and do something that we've never seen Him do before. Now, moving very quickly. So we see here, He said, mercy. Now, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 15, it says that the high priest, talking about the Lord Jesus, Remember the high priest was the one that was going to take the sacrifice. The high priest uh, would uh, uh, identify himself with a sacrifice. He would place his hands upon uh, him. In verse number 4, it talks about that. And it talks about the identity. So the high priest uh, would put, and what he was, uh, what he was doing is, it was transferring the guilt and the sin over to the sacrifice. That's exactly what Jesus Christ did for us. We as sinners, uh, that when we accept the sacrifice, our sin was transferred over to Him. Jesus took your sin. He bore your judgment. Okay? But also we see uh, that there is death involved. Notice in verse number 4, it talks about uh, the death. Uh, there had Something had to die. Something had to die for the sacrifice, the atoning sacrifice. And of course, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, He died in our place. He died for us. But then there's a third thing, and that's the blood. We find that in verse number 7. And very quickly, in verse number 7, it talks about the blood. Well, we know without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Matthew chapter 26, verse number 28, it says, Jesus speaking here, He says, this is my blood of the New Testament that I will shed for many. And without the remission, or without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. 
And so we see this sacrifice, the sin sacrifice, a wonderful picture of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But it's also a picture of us. Because remember, the one who brought it uh, was the one who was guilty of the sin. So the question for us tonight is this. What sacrifice have you brought? What offering have you brought tonight? Have you brought your sin offering? Well, Brother Mike, I'm, I'm telling you, hey, I know I mess up along the way, but today I've had a pretty good day. I hadn't cussed nobody out. I hadn't flipped nobody off. I, I hadn't said things I shouldn't have said. Uh, I, I had some pure thoughts, uh, uh, all that. But the Bible says, remember, it says there's the sin of ignorance or unintentional sin. Here's what happens. The priest would have to make sure he was clean. And when you go and look at the tabernacle, you'll see there was a basin, and the priest would always have to wash his hands. Why is that? Because he understood that he got defiled. You need to understand tonight. You intentionally, you, 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 you know, intentionally you're thinking, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve the Lord today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a good witness for Him. And so you, you had all, when you walked out of the, uh, your house uh, this morning, you had every intention. I want to please God today. I, I don't want to do anything that, that's going to harm my testimony. I, 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 I'm intentionally, I want to, uh, to, to be a light. I want to be the salt. And, and and well intended, but uh, here's the course of the matter. As the day goes on, we get so bombarded with all kinds of stuff. I mean, you're in meetings where, you know, somebody's ramping and raving and talks about, you know, the profit levels and all that. And you hear a cuss word here and you, you hear somebody talking about their wild weekend. And you get bombarded by that and you go in, you hear a conversation about all kinds of wickedness and whatnot. And, and, and next thing you know, now you intentionally, intentionally, uh, you said, out. You didn't wake up this morning and say, boy, I hope I sent it up today. Nobody does that. You went up there and says, Lord, I want to live for you. Lord, would you please guard my uh, mind? Would you guard my heart? And, and so we have that intention, but I'm telling you as we go, because we live in a sin-cursed world. Remember, who's the principalities of the air? Who's the ruler of this world? Satan himself. And so Satan starts throwing those little darts. Now, you might not see him coming. You might not even feel him coming. But in the course of the day, you get home and you're thinking, you know what, I had a pretty good day. My dear friend, that's when you're going to get into trouble. And that's the reason why we need to pray and ask for forgiveness of our sins and pray, Lord, forgive me of the sins that I've already forgotten today. Why? The Bible and these verses here is quite clear. God will not habitate with sin, be it intentional or inintentional. Sin is sin before a holy God. And that's the reason why we need to wash our hands and wash our feet on a daily basis because we all will get dirty. We all will get dirty. And so what do we do? We bring our sin offering. Lord, I try to live for you today. Lord, I did the best I could today. But Lord, I know I probably slipped along the way.
I don't remember. It wasn't intentional. But Lord, I know you hate sin. And so, Lord, I'm confessing my sins, the ones that I can remember, the ones I can't remember. I'm confessing my sin and I want to come to you and I want to offer this offering to you. And the only reason I can offer this sacrifice to you is because of the sacrifice you made for me. And I need forgiveness. Maybe somebody here this evening, you need to have some forgiveness of your sin.